I'm Aaron Gittleman from Localized.City, and this is my first apartment. As a native New Yorker, I'm fascinated by people's first experiences in this city and their story of making New York feel like home. Today, we have Eleonora Srugo, a licensed real estate salesperson at Douglas Elliman. Eleonora also runs the alumni mentoring program for students at our shared alma mater, Stuyvesant High School. Thank you so much for joining us, Eleonora. Thanks for having me. Um, well, this is very exciting. Do you know our school motto? Procientia atque sapientia. It means for knowledge and wisdom. Yes. Um, which I guess is a very interesting discussion <laughs> of what is the difference between knowledge and wisdom and how do you teach that to the students you mentor? Wow. We definitely don't go there with the students we mentor. Isn't wisdom the difference between knowing the things that you can and can't control? I don't. I, I think I no that's clue. what wisdom is. Um, I think our, our, my Latin teacher in high school asked us this. And James I. Joyce. Yeah, it's something about knowledge, I guess, is I think knowledge is what's written on paper and wisdom is like what you have to learn yourself. Right. Um, ability, yeah. Which is, I guess, the difference between just... No, no uh, wisdom is the ability to acknowledge what you know and what you don't know. Okay, that's good. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I um, mean, I think that's kind of um, with the importance and even you use a website like localized.city yeah. leaning on a real estate agent like yourself. Yay. Like this is this is knowledge, but you have the wisdom. Exactly. Yes. Um, so you were telling me, so um, Eleanor grew up in New York City, yeah. um, like myself. You left, you went to college in Boston. Yeah. Then you came back to work at a job before real estate. Um, and your first apartment here, you said, was um, on Wall Street? Yeah. So I grew up in Soho, in a loft. And Soho, many people know, sort of changed overnight. So like, there was a moment when, sort of pre-high school, when it was sort of dingy and you know still had a lot of the artist types and then like I blinked in 2000 and it was sort of the retail mecca of the city um, so a lot of artist types had to eventually leave Soho right like leases were up the loft board wasn't protecting them anymore so anyway when I graduated college we I no longer had um, my parents home in Soho and I just sort of like needed a quick apartment um, and decided to give the financial district a try. <laughs> and that was like the complete opposite of my experience because in Soho, I sort of like would get splinters every day. I didn't have an AC. We had like a big fan. I, li I literally slept on the floor in the summer and like would go to the freezer every hour to like try to cool off. But there was this like new, very sort of sexy, highly amenitized building in the financial district. And I really wanted to get in there. I thought it was like a good sort of, um, like counterpart to how I'd grown up and would be a very different experience. So um, I rented someone else's apartment for two months and had to like... How, how did you find that apartment? I think on Craigslist, actually. All right. Was it like At a good time, listing? Did it seem... Good, seemed legit, like by owner, or by tenant, whatever by it was. Tenant, clean. Did it clean. mention that um, it was fully furnished? Yeah. Was that, was I was, that so I wasn't in real estate at the time, but like I knew a lot of people in real estate, so like none of their weird pictures were on the listing. <laughs> I knew I wasn't going to like run into like my shady like rental agent friends. Um, yeah, it looked clean. It was like nice and tidy. And um, at the time, like it had pant... So st this was when like stainless steel appliances were like no longer in fashion and everyone just like wanted those like panels. So like everything would be seamless. So everything was like wood. The fridge was like paneled. It wasn't even like, it wasn't white plastic and it wasn't stainless steel. It was like wood. 
And stainless steel's so, back now. I think it's back, yeah. 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 I feel like every place I've ever, like, read every, Yeah, house. everything's come back. It's funny, like, if you look at Friends now, she had, like, one of those, like, wolf stainless steel ovens, which, like, went out for a while, and now it's, like, back. Right. So, so, yeah. so you moved there. You were there for two months. I moved months. there. I was there for two months. It was, it was someone. Two months. It was an eventful two months. I got ringworm. If anyone's ever <laughs> had it, it sounds gross, but it really is just, like, a circle that appears on your body, like, a real perfect like perfectly symmetrical in nature, a perfect in nature, circle. A perfect what circle was the radius? Appears, I don't know, probably like a centimeter okay. or so. Yeah. Where, where on your body did it? It appear? was on my arms. Okay. On and multiple circles. Multiple circles. When did you realize? Was it like one day you woke up and it's like, oh, I didn't I sleep like, on a cup. Well, Why is there a circle? Like, on exactly. Me? I thought like, okay, like maybe I was like branded or <laughs> no, I don't know. I thought like some weird sort of mosquito bite. Um, but yeah, it was. I was using someone else's furniture that all looked very like nice and clean and bedding. Um, but they, I guess, had had a dog. And that is how I got ringworm. So I moved out after two months. Is that the one that like... Um, that, it's like, not like ticks? inside your body. No, no that's not. What's the one that ticks like, give you? What, Lyme disease? Like, yeah, Lyme okay, disease. No. Okay, no, I, okay. No, I no associate tick. Lyme, Lyme disease and ringworm. It's just like some weird okay. bacteria. And you put, um, you like put in like an anti Okay, whatever. so it, like... It got, I don't want to talk about it. Okay, but it came off though. Yeah, like, it, it was came easy. off. I don't know. I hated the apartment. The apartment was great. Like there was a room for the washer dryer. I bought like a very expensive... $200 Missoni headband at the time that I accidentally like let drop behind the washer dryer. I lost that. I never got it back. So uh -huh. like that's still in a fourth floor apartment at that building. Did it have any probably. views? No, of, of um, like you yeah, have Water Street. Oh, okay. But it was Not cool. Water. They were like, that's actually, it was a really interesting building. They were, it was a rental building and they had some like CW celebrities. They gave them free apartments. I, there was a moment in time where eight buildings were doing that and they would have um, they would have some like pretty fun parties in the lounge. We had like free orange juice and bagels okay. in the morning. So were there they were like some bagels? perks. No, they were really, really bad. Okay. They were like tough. I, I I'm, I'm, I, I'm very, very picky about my bagels. And um, no, they were like small and bad and tough and only plain. Yeah. Yesterday I went to Trader Joe's and they had pumpkin flavored Ew. bagels. And that was very like, one is I'm upset because I know like what, if you toast it and like put butter on it, I'm it's sure it'd be really fine. Good. Yeah. But like just... The concept of it, like Essa Bagel, no. if Essa Bagel makes a pumpkin bagel, I will be very upset. No, the only good thing that Trader Joe's has done with bagels is they have that everything bagel seasoning. Yes, which is actually, it, it means, because I don't trust Trader Joe's to make a bagel. No, I don't know. I don't trust 99% of people to make bagels. Yeah. Um, yeah, so then you were there for two months. I was. Um, you leave. And I then leave. this, so then this was... This was, um, this was 08, so like early 08. Then I sort of jump around, decide that like I should stay with my mom again for a little or stay with a friend. Um, and then in 09, I finally get my like real first apartment, like mm -hmm. real long-term, long-term, I would say lease agreement because okay, it wasn't yes. quite a lease either. Um, so this, now yeah, this, this is a fun one. So this is 09. If you do not necessarily remember, the economy was not booming in 09. Um, there is like right now everyone's predicting recession is going to come. But in 08, nobody was predicting recession, no. or I guess in 07. So then the market bottomed out. Um, worst time to get into real estate. So I'd already time to graduate school. Well, worst time to graduate school. So I'd already been, um, I'd been working at Comcast for about eight months in marketing, like mm -hmm. got my typical sort of girl at a BU job, um, working for E! News, Style Network, and G4. 
hated it um, and decided to like make the leap and jump into real estate. I, I knew someone who was an agent. He was a top sales agent at Douglas Elliman. So I quit my job, got my license, and with my first deal, decided to get this apartment. Um, so this apartment, like the market had really bottomed out. This was a new development building um, that had a total of 112 apartments, and they hadn't sold one. Oh. So Where I was met this? Um, in Flatiron, like great location, actually, okay. like 20th and Park. Developer Beautiful. also grew up in the city, Upper East Side kind of guy. So like we knew each other. And um, I just was like, look, I let's cut a deal. Like I'll run here. He's like, no, I'm selling the building. I was like, no, no, but you're not selling the building right now. Um, <laughs> so, in his dreams. He had a fantasy yeah. he was selling the building. Yeah, did I mean, he, he thought ever, he was. He, um, he did. Yeah, okay. he eventually did. Building's fully sold out. Still a great building. Um, but at the time, it was basically, it was a conversion, actually. So it was like an active construction site slash like some apartments were done. There were like six rent stabilized tenants that were still living there. And then like me, I basically was like, you can show my apartment anytime and you can move me if you sell it. And I ended up actually staying there for five years, not in the same apartment. Um, sometimes like my rent actually was pretty much the same the entire time. So sometimes like there was a two year period where I was paying nothing for like a very nice apartment. Because what was nothing? That are you comfortable um, saying what nothing was? Yeah, I think my rent was like t started at twenty four hundred <laughs> for an oversized studio, but like really oversized, like almost eight hundred square. It was a lofty type thing, and then something about like the glass wasn't ready for that apartment, so he ended up moving me to like a one bedroom, <laughs> like a really nice yeah. one. But and we're talking about like a condo, nice new finishes, like yeah. at, at the time, obviously not now, but like nice thick. Jerusalem stone countertops and like a terrace. So I had like a one bedroom with a terrace for $2,400 and a full service doorman building. Mm -hmm. And um, was there like a gym there? Was there gym? There was a gym, uh, like a poker room, which was weird. Lounge, roof deck. Did you, but have, really, but like, did you have like a wine fridge? I had a wine fridge. Oh my God. Yeah. So I had it all. <laughs> I was like 22 and I had it all. Yeah. Um, dishwasher, wine fridge, microwave. Pot filler, even. It's pretty nice. A what? A pot filler. I've, I mean, I. You know what that is. I have no clue what that. A pot filler? Um, yeah. A pot filler? It's like a sink above your stove, like when you make pasta, so you don't have to carry the oh pot to the sink. You know those? I know, I okay. don't. I've never. So it's like an I extra. Like there's, I don't think so there's. It's like I an guess. extra water source. <laughs> okay, that yeah. sounds great. Yeah, it is great. Except it doesn't really make sense because, like, you fill the. You still eventually have to like pour the water out somewhere. And that's the harder one. And that's the harder part. Yeah. And you're getting okay. But um, but it's a luxury, and uh, there were then after I did that about two months later, two other agents were like, we're gonna cut that same deal, um, and we just had like we had a lot of fun in that building. I mean, we were basically there alone with the staff with a bunch of empty apartments <laughs> in our early 20s. Were you selling the apartments? Were you the I repping any I of I was not personally okay. repping any of them. So like... But I worked, obviously, like I did everything I could to help out because yeah. and to bring people in. And I did actually. I ended up renting two, two more of them to some friends. And then I sold one. Um, since then, I've actually sold a few in the building. But yeah, we, we like wanted to like support and be there for the building. Um, a very well-known mayoral candidate lived there for a while with us as well. 
Okay, did very the same known, thing. very well known mayoral candidate. Yeah, who did not win. Did not win. Um, so we had Can a I lot. Ask more questions about this. No. Um, <laughs> so we had okay. tons of fun with that whole situation. <laughs> <laughs> were they running for mayor at the time? Yeah. Okay. Were. Yeah. And there were open apartments, and there were a lot of parties. It was or, fun. I don't know about okay. parties. It was a lot of fun. We okay. had a good time. So, like, did you ever like? It's great I guess, to be in an empty. Were building. all the doors open at the apartments? Or? No, no, okay. no. They were locked. Okay. Yeah, it was a great. Honestly, it turned out to be a great building and a fantastic location. But a lot of interesting characters like lived there. <laughs> friends that you know, friends from college, friends from high school. So, like, it was just a good time. Like, great energy. We all got along. Another like real estate developer moved in, um, and it was a time where like the market was really sort of up in the air, not great. Everyone was just sort of trying to make a living. But yeah, I, I think we like, he pulled through. Nice. Great building now. Nice. So yeah. I guess, how did you come up with the idea to make this offer? I don't know. Like, I, I guess yeah. it's like the Israeli in me. <laughs> I, don't know, I, grew, I mean, I grew up in the city, but you know, he was a little, I'd met him through investor clients who had bought the retail space from him and they sort of were like, just do it. I didn't really have, like I had no credit. I was right out of college. I know, you know, I couldn't go through the, yeah. no income, no credit. Like, I was like, I just sold an apartment. Here's my first $10,000 check. Like, <laughs> that should cover five months of rent or whatever. Yeah. And it did. Um, and we sort of figured it out. Yeah, but so it, I guess yeah. like that type of deal making yeah. like, is the type of thing you probably do every day now. Yeah. Well, look, actually, now we're in a very similar, it's 10 years later. Mm-hmm. The cycle, I think, has sort of like come back a little bit. We're in a little, we're in a similar but different market. I think like we've all learned a lot of lessons from that time. Um, but yeah, you have to be creative and uncomfortable mm-hmm. when you're making a good deal. So is now a buyer's market? Yes. Okay. okay. Are you allowed? Do you There's want to like talk no about hesitation. that? There's no hesitation. No hesitation in that. No hesitation. Um, I think there are a lot of factors that make it a buyer's market. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going into an election year, which breeds a lot of uncertainty. There's obviously a lot of inventory. Um, transactions are at an all-time low. Taxes are higher, which I think has led to transactions being low and buyers being resistant. Developers are underwriting projects, new buildings at record high prices per square foot. So, yeah. So, so, so like, all of that put together makes th- it a perfect buyer's market. Do you market. think we're going to see less development moving forward? Um, I think that, actually, in the very near immediate future, we're going to see a lot of development because I think that there were a lot of things in the works that mm-hmm. sort of just got pushed out and now will eventually come to market that, you know, like, developers have learned that if you want to sell, you need a finished product. Like, you can't sell... We actually I had a panel yesterday, like... I remember like five years ago, we would sell new developments by inviting buyers in to like look at a material tray, which literally was like a tray with like, oh, that's your bathroom tile. Like this is your powder room tray. Like these are your kitchen. Like there's the faucet. And we'd be like, and that's it. And here's the floor plan. And now buy the apartment. That would never work now. Like now yeah. buyers need to really, they, well, they've earned, especially in this market, like they need to come in and feel and experience everything that they're going to buy, whether it's the space or the view or the ceiling heights or um, not just the materiality, but the installation of the of the materials that are used. Process. So a lot of those have gotten pushed out, sorry, because um, developers recognize that the product needs to be done. Having mm-hmm. said that, I don't think that there are any new buildings now. I think any developers know that to make a building successful, they're going to have to sell at it 3,000 plus a foot, and that will only work in certain neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. So, like, yes, in the next few years, there will be new buildings on... Um, Park, Lex on the Upper East Side, like areas where Madison even. 
Um, but generally, no, there's not going to be a lot of new buildings. Also, like the new rental laws have changed the ability to convert older buildings. Mm -hmm. So um, the so, answer is in the short term, yes. In the long term, no. So I guess like a neighborhood like Long Island City, which is yeah. unrecognizable to both of us. Like the skyline. I mean, I had this moment like recently where I was in Williamsburg, Bushwick Inlet Park looking at Manhattan. Yeah. And it was like the Manhattan skyline I know is not what I'm like. I know historically like in, what, in the 20s there was this boom. All these skyscrapers went up. The Williamsburg Bank Building went up. They assumed that there was going to be a big downtown in Brooklyn. Yeah. Um, and then after it went up, it was alone for what 70 years until like the Brooklyner went up like a decade ago. I know. Ago. I actually just saw this. The Empire State building like basically remained empty for yes. like the first it was, it 15 was, years what, yeah called the empty state it, yeah. it came out in 1932 right yeah. and like like they could and they would actually like hire people to just go and turn the lights on to make people <laughs> think that there were people living there or so, working there so yes like yeah. we're probably not gonna go into like that no. where it's okay but like just kind of look at the end of the day yeah. i think people still want to live in new york especially mm -hmm. like ultra high net worth individuals i don't think that's going anywhere um so yeah, there's, it's weird. I think this market has most affected like what I call like the poor rich people of New York, which is like really sad because anywhere else they'd be extraordinarily rich. But in New York, they're still like limited to constraints in terms of like having to compromise on the apartments that they want. You know, what anyone, I would say like in the five to $15 million range, like you should be a bit, you are a very wealthy person, yes. but you are still compromising. Um, but if we're talking about the 20 plus million dollar real estate um, I don't think that anything that I just spoke about is actually affecting okay. their purchasing power. So I guess as somebody who has not, I've, I mean, yeah. I've looked on localized, I've seen a lot yeah. of the apartments in that range, but like, yeah. what is a compromise? Somebody who's merely buying a $10 million home. What are the, the compromises where it's like, well, think about it. If you're in a 10, let's say you chose to have a lot of kids, mm -hmm. right? Like you What's have a lot, like three, four plus. So I think one four. is a lot, but okay. Four. So let's talk about four. four. You want to okay. have kids in the city. Yes. And you think that that should be fine because, like, you can afford to spend 10 to $15 million on an apartment. Well, four kids in the city, you probably have live-in staff, right? Mm -hmm. Something. I guess. Once yeah. again, you're saying, you're saying this as if, like, one, I have... Sure, one nanny, one housekeeper, <laughs> yes. right? So, like, you need a room for them, and then you need a room, like, two of your kids are going to share a room. So, like, you, mm -hmm. you want a five-bedroom. Yes. Okay, you're in that world of the five-bedroom. Mm -hmm. Um easiest thing to do would be to leave the city but yeah. let's say you don't want to five bedroom in the city is not easy to come by no okay now you can choose between a co-op and a condo well okay you don't really want to share all of your financial information with others you don't want to be subjected to certain rules about when you can renovate your apartment or how many pets you can have or what parties you can have you're maybe just more of like a private or discreet individual you'd rather be in a condo or maybe you want to be in something like new or modern so okay. you're not a co-op purchaser, okay? Yes. Okay, so that um, limits the supply. That limits the supply. Um, how many, I mean, condos are you really finding with five-plus bedrooms? Yeah. Not many, right? No. Like four, fine. But now you're squeezing. Like the nanny has to sleep in the same room as one of the kids and then two kids. And then, um, okay, so like maybe a townhouse is for you. Okay, well, 10 to $15 million on a townhouse, how wide of a house are you really getting? Are you able to even find a house that has an elevator? Or are you now compromising on location? Like, you are going to compromise no matter what. You're either going to be in an apartment that's too tight, too small. You're going to be in a co-op maybe so that you can get the space that you want. Or you're going to be in a house that's like with stairs. So you're like running up and down all day. So, yeah. yes, you own a $15 million townhouse, but it is not that 
It's not perfect. Yeah, I mean, is, and and what so like what neighborhoods? Yeah, is this all throughout Manhattan, downtown Brooklyn, or like I'm just yeah. So I've never. I have yet to meet a buyer who has felt like they are never right that they are not compromising at all. Oh yeah, no, I mean, no, I, think I don't know that that exists I've learned it in the city. Everybody, yeah. Jeff Bezos, it's, Jeff Bezos's apartment, a hundred. It's what like a couple blocks from here, and it's in an area with like bad air. Right. Like, he's inhaling terrible air. Right. Hopefully he doesn't have asthma. Right. Yeah, I, I assume he can afford an inhaler. Um, I bet <laughs> he can get a very good deal on an inhaler Is it really terrible air in this neighborhood? Um, or is, yeah, I mean, I, isn't every neighborhood terrible air then? Well, no. So, actually, oh. so I think if you look at it, it's so like certain neighborhoods don't have to deal with, like, so I'm in a part of Bushwick where, like, I'm not, there's, there's Wonderful roads. air? <laughs> I, I don't know if I'd say wonderful air, but I'm actually really close to a lot of cemeteries. Hmm. So, like, yeah, the Jackie Robinson runs through the cemeteries, but, like, there are actually fewer roads, and there are going to be fewer air quality complaints there. Interesting. I grew up in Riverdale, Love a neighborhood that. that, like, has fewer air quality complaints. But here, with the idling, with the, the cars, yeah. with the traffic. And all the with construction. The, yeah, the construction, yeah. the highways. Yeah. That, you're, like, so that's the type of thing where we're all comfortable compromising um, yeah but I guess yeah it is interesting thing so like you're if when you're talking to somebody who says I want to spend 15 million dollars how often are they looking in Brooklyn versus Manhattan not often N- really? not anymore okay when was so it's not it's anymore so look I, th- I think one mm. not anymore because Brooklyn has gotten so expensive and generally speaking generally if you can mm-hmm. spend 15 then you can maybe spend 16 or 17 and like if it's about saving a million dollars at that price point then you'd rather be in Manhattan. Which is purely theoretical for me, but continue. Okay. (laughs) Right. And I think this is like purely theoretical in that like, I don't think anyone with that price point is sort of torn between locate. Like usually at $15 million, you're very specific on your location. Um, And that's like the other thing is that location really is still the gold standard in the city. It's like the one thing that you can't change. People are attached to. There's something that's, it's either, um, it's familiarity, ego bait, whatever it is. Like there is the location still rules. What I think is interesting. And I always say this is that like product has become maybe equally as important as location, um, where people can say, okay, I'll live a few blocks away. So not like another borough, but I'll live a few blocks away, but look at what I'm getting instead. I'm getting the views or the ceiling heights or the amenities. And so like maybe the moment that I leave my apartment, it won't be so beautiful and charming. But if I just walk my dog right around the block, or if I never turn to the left and I always turn to the right, then I'll really love the neighborhood. Also like proximity, obviously to subway, less important with the blow, you know, with everyone ride sharing and same thing with like supermarket or Um, It's funny, like more people have spent money on restaurants than ever before, but it's really because more people are ordering in. Oh, right. So like Seamless, Postmates, all those sort of apps have really um, made. when, When you show an apartment, do you say, hey, pull up Seamless and see what you can get? No, but when I show an apartment, like the first thing that most buyers will pull up is Waze. And they'll see, like, how far they are away from something. Okay. Whereas, like, no, they're not thinking about how close they are to the train anymore, or if it's convenient. Actually, the one thing, when I moved to the financial district in 2008 for my two months, my big – there were things that I loved about it. Like, I felt very safe. There were police officers everywhere, like Wall Street. I liked that the lights were on at night. Like, Dwayne Reed was 24 hours because I assumed all the, like, Wall Street types work late. So I thought those were all, like – there was a supermarket that was open 24 hours – but you could never get a cab down there. Like, and that's before Uber. 
Exactly. Yeah. So like that was the biggest issue. And that's why really I said like I could never live down there again. It's just so inconvenient. Now that is something that like no one would ever think about yeah, when looking at an apartment. Oh, that's, that's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. Where it's like where I live in Bushwick, I can't imagine what the cab situation was. <laughs> yeah. Like growing up in the Bronx, yeah. like when I would get to 242nd Street, like and what it's like midnight and the bus runs every 50 minutes. Right. Like you would just get um, you would get like the I guess they were called gypsy cabs. I don't know if they're still called that now, but you would get that. I don't know if they still exist. I mean, like I think they still exist in the Bronx because like enough people don't have smartphones or like my parents won't use Uber. Really? Wow. They like don't use Uber. Okay. But like you can still get those like cash cabs. At, Mine don't either, but do you not? I call Ubers for them. Oh, I would, yeah. yes. Yeah, but I like, do that. Well, like my stepdad, yeah. it's like a political opposition yeah. to okay. it. So like he would still use those guys. <laughs> yeah. So it's like what? Well, like for him, it's like, okay, yeah. Uber, somebody in an office makes, takes 50% of it. But with that, it's like, okay, it's an $8 ride. Right. Which also means he must have carried cash with him. Like, I never carry yeah. cash. Um, ever. Not ever. I like, never do. I guess like I'm going to have to pick up my laundry today. My laundromat only takes cash. Oh, that's um, good. Which is, I guess, good for them. I don't know. Mine does. See, my, I still, I use the same laundromat I used when I grew up in Soho. <laughs> Dude, is it drop off or? Yeah, they yeah. deliver. And oh, I live, I now live 30 blocks away from them. Oh, that's really good. But it's good. still my laundromat, you know? No, this is, yeah. I like, I don't go to my closest laundromat. They're not a good laundromat. I yeah. go to a slightly better laundromat. Um, a little farther. A little farther away. because like. I don't want people who are like like folding my t-shirts in half. I don't want people who have like no clue what they're doing. Like these are, it's like something, I think this is something yeah. I've talked about with other people, getting a good laundromat. Like when you're looking for an apartment, it, obviously if you have in unit, that's different. But if you can't have in unit. It's fair. It's, and look, I'm, it, it honestly doesn't really matter, especially in the city. Yeah. Everyone delivers. Yeah. And we, yeah, that's the, like the secret of New York yeah. is like, we all say we live in New York for like art or for culture or for this. We all live in New York because it's the most convenient place in the world. Like yeah. we can get stuff delivered here 24 seven, good food, like convenient stuff in ways nowhere else. All right. So I guess one last question. Um, if you were to graduate college right now and move to New York, what neighborhood would you, would you want to move to? Did I grow up in New York? I guess, oh, so, like, if you didn't uh, grow up, don't... Because to so, me, yeah. like, Let's Soho... So, answers. like, for me, like, Soho is home. Still, mm -hmm. I don't care. Like, I, I don't care that it's not what it used to be. And um, I would say my boundaries, like, my dream boundaries are probably, like, Bowery to the river, mm -hmm. down to Hubert... So I'm dipping into Tribeca here mm -hmm. and all the way up to like Astor Place. Okay. So it's like the village. So it's like, it's the, like village, a in the village. So Tribeca. Like okay. I would go anywhere around there. But I have to say, I am starting to have um, a lot of love and a soft spot for the for no for a part of Nomad. Okay. And that part is not like the Park Avenue South North part. It's um, in the 20s, so like 26 to 32nd on Broadway, where I still find like little glimpses of sort of a gritty New York and these sort of older warehouse type loft buildings. Obviously, there are also a lot of new buildings, which I think actually makes it a very exciting place to live because you have great new um, places to eat, yeah. work out, shop. Um, they're, I think, incredible food destinations, like in that area. Um, and you still get to like get yelled at on the street by like 
You know what I mean? And there's oh, still yeah. like those I mean, like mom the street and pop. Vendors, yeah. Um, I don't know. One of the things uh, our office is on 31st and Broadway. Yeah. And it's become like, and this is like very much now, but still feels like old New York, where it's like marijuana. Like, yeah. Where, and it's not just like every construction site in New York City smells like marijuana, but like now they're like no. dudes literally smoking joints right outside yeah. our office to sell weed to tourists. Yeah. In a way that like feels like I never got to experience it. Wash like by the in time, Washington Square Park. Yeah. By the yeah. time I bought marijuana, like I was told Washington Square Park. Is if you if anyone tries to sell you weed there, they're a cop. Don't do it. Yeah. Um. But now it's like right here. There are like these dudes um, who are just like smoking weed, like literally holding bags of marijuana yeah. out. Yeah. And it's like it does feel like I don't know. If, like, they don't try to sell me gritty. weed, but they do try to sell me like fake hair. Oh. Yeah. Like right, right here. Yeah. Right here. Okay. This is like the hair neighborhood. This is the hair neighborhood. Yeah, it's the fake hair. bags and as well, or is that bags, like a few blocks um, away? Fake perfume. Oh. By the way. So, not fake, but like the same essential oils that are used yeah, in other the perfumes. Same exact perfume, but like, yeah, but like the same exactly. exact perfume. No, and you get yeah. like a lot of really good sunglasses. If you want, like, I like sunglasses. Yeah. If you want sunglasses, go to the the wholesalers. Yeah. Like you pay cash. They're not going to take card no, unless you have a wholesaler license. Yeah. But you go, you get the exact same models everywhere else, and you get to like, and it doesn't matter because totally. it's really easy to lose sunglasses. I agree. Like I lose probably need... six to eight pairs a summer. Yes. Um, and then in the winter, it's like you, you need can summer pairs. Yeah. yeah, I have I have like nice pairs in the winter, and then yeah. like sh- exactly pairs. the yeah. terrible pairs yeah, in the, the summer. Pairs. You lose them, you Fair. get drunk. They you yeah. leave them on a the table. Yeah, winter you hold on. Yeah. Yes. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much, Eleonora. Um, thank you all for listening to um, my first podcast. Um, do you have anything else to add? No, no, that's it. I've awesome. had a lot of fun, though. Likewise. Yeah. Um, if you've enjoyed this and you want to come on, or you want to suggest somebody, follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, um, Localize NYC. Should they follow you yeah, on Instagram so, as well? Yeah, can I spell yeah, it out? Spell it's it out. Long. Go. E-L-E-O-N-O-R-A-S-R-U-G-O on Instagram. Love to connect. All right. Follow right. if you like Stuyvesant. Oh, yeah. Follow Stuyvesant us. High School. Follow Stuyvesant, Stuyvesant Alumni. Yeah. I'll plug Sty Football. They just, they're homecoming. They scored a lot of points. They're the other great. team scored more points. Sty Football's great. Really involved in, they love to give back. They mentor. They do Sty Prep. They're an amazing part of the Tribeca community. By the way, they if you're in Tribeca, you have a local business event, they love to volunteer. Amazing. So plug for yes. the Sty Football team volunteers. Yeah. yeah. Go Peg Legs. Yeah. Go Peg Legs. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you.